Welcome to Orophonic, a podcast about podfic. This month's topic is non-podficker collabs. Your hosts this month are Patika and Jennifer. Hi. First of all, a little bit of news. Two things that are posting or have posted recently. The first is Merlin Out Loud, which we'll, we'll link to the collection and also their Tumblr. And that's Merlin-inspired podfix. And the second is Pod Together, which posted at the end of August. Check out all of those awesome projects. Lots of good things. And then there's another challenge that the official timeline for it happening is going to have passed after this episode airs, but it's kind of open to whoever wants to take on this intense challenge called Three Day Novel Podfic. And it's inspired by the Three Day Novel Writing Contest in which you, over the Labor Day long weekend in Canada, which this year is the 5th to the 7th, the contest is you write a novel in three days, like NaNoWriMo on speed. (laughs) So back in 2011, my roommate was doing three-day novel contest, and I decided to put a podficker spin on it where I tried to record a novel-length podfic in three days, which novel length when you're talking three days is really malleable. I did 12K at the time. And this is the first year since then that I've been free on Labor Day weekend. So I invited a bunch of other people to join me in trying to run this again. So it's hashtag 3DN podfic and it's on Tumblr and Twitter. And then there's also an AO3 collection. And even though it's officially have already passed by the time this episode airs, the idea of it is open all year round. So if you like the idea of doing like an intense weekend of making a podfic in three days, mm-hmm. you can still post to that AO3 collection and people will marvel at your speediness. I think it's really cool. I mean, I personally am using my Labor Day weekend this year to go to Croatia. Sorry, but I will use <laughs> some other three-day weekend maybe later in the year. I, I, I'm good with time pressure. I actually am much more likely to produce something if there's a deadline or a pressure or something. So that could work for me, I think. I just pulled it on this one because that's the same one as the writing contest. Sure, sure. It doesn't have to be a specific long weekend, like an actual holiday. You could just take a day off and and do it. (laughs) So that's why I decided to leave the collection open all year round so people can just do it whenever they feel like it. And uh, I'll keep an eye on the hashtag on Twitter, at least. And uh, if you tweet about it, people can like encourage you from Twitter. Yeah. And if you're feeling competitive, see if you can be the person who has the largest three-day podfic in the collection. Beat Podica. In 2011, Weimar 27 did one that was like 38K and she recorded it and edited it all in that three-day period. This year, I'm doing one that's like 57K. And so I was like, I can't do that all in one weekend. So I (laughs) pre-recorded it and I'm going to try and do the editing in three days and probably fail, but I'll get a good chunk of it done. It can be a really good way of just like getting a good chunk of something done. Yeah. And there's no like post date either. Like, cause I'm doing mine as part of my Marvel big bang. I have to wait for posting for that. So anyways, that's my plug. Cool. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> good. Song. Challenge. We don't have any talkbacks this month. Yeah. Two months in a row with no talkbacks. You Come guys. On, guys. So sad. It is weird. I am sad. Like, I'm like, really? No one? No one? Bueller? 
Oh, well. You can send anything. It doesn't have to be related even to the topic. If you could just be like, hey, I love this podfic. Here's a rec. We could include that in a talk back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Happy to have whatever. So instead, we'll go straight into our interview for the month. We're here with Penny Plainnitz, who's going to speak about her experience with non-podfigure collaborations. So welcome, Penny. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on. Hi, everyone. So great to finally have you on one of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think you should get extra points for actually having me on. Um, and Dodie isn't here, so I think that she, she isn't. isn't. That's true. All of this name dropping and then she doesn't show up. <laughs> The main reason why I thought of you first when I was like, we should line someone up for this episode to interview, not only because we seem to name drop you a lot, but I think that's because you do a lot of like experimental things. Mm -hmm. Two of which came to mind was your Spring Fling, which was the project that kind of inspired me and, and KLB to create Pod Together. And then your very, the very first year of Pod Together, you did a project with Too Much Plore and Xanakis. And it was really cool that you had involved an artist in your project. So why don't we talk about those two things, mm -hmm. starting with Spring Fling, since that's the one that came first. Okay. The thinking behind that was that I had been making Podfic for quite a while by then, and I was really interested to sort of think about how a piece that was written for Podfic might look different to a fic that I just read and thought was cool and wanted to perform. Um, and I was lucky in that I had lots of friends um, in different fandoms that I was part of who loved Podfic. So I didn't know whether it would work or not. I just sort of made a post and said, hey, I'd be really interested in doing this. Um, this is kind of what I'm thinking of. Maybe um, we work together to create a piece that I can then make into a podfic. And the thing about it was that for the first six weeks or so of it being available, it would only be available as an audio form because I really wanted people to listen to it and mm -hmm. to think about it as a specific created audio piece rather than just a format transformation as I think definitely then, not, not so much now, but definitely then was really a common way of thinking about Podfic. I had a really great response. I was really actually touched that people wanted to, to work with me on that. And I ended up doing quite a few different little pieces. They're all linked in my, in my live journal. Let's go old school. We will link to all of them in our, in our links on the podcast, don't we? Um, so there's, there's a Merlin one, there's a Hawaii Five-O or a Stygate Atlantis one. There's an Inception one, there's Inception RPF, um, which I think was when it was created, one of the very, very few pieces of Inception RPF that actually that one was a bit controversial, not because it was RPF, but because people wanted Clue, uh, Queen Clue, who's the author, to release the text at the same time. And she said, no, Penny's asked me to do it this way. Mm -hmm. And we both got some stick. Yeah, that I saw that go down um, because I would, go and look up every instance of people talking about podfic and um so you hate yourself <laughs> i do <laughs> but um that like had me be like if i ever thought i was gonna get an inception fandom now i'm not because I've, there were some people being really mean oh yeah i mean but <laughs> i mean I, I said to clue like if she didn't want to deal with that mm -hmm. then 
be like, you know, I suppose we can do that. It's not really what I wanted, but I don't want you to have to deal with this hassle. And she's like, no, it's fine. And sure. it was really just a very, I mean, it's, you can read it on AO3 now. You don't have to listen to it at all. Right. And we're talking about a gap of like a month, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. if you were dead set on reading the fic, it would be like a work in progress. Like I personally don't read work in progress usually when they're stretched out. So I just wait till it's fully posted and I go back in a month or a year or three years and I read it, right? So sometimes this backfires, it's fine. It seems to me, you know, you had a vision for this and you wanted to present it in that way. And it, it doesn't seem that big a deal for somebody if they really are just not a podfic person, which I know people aren't, to go back in a month and read this thick, you know? I, th I think it was because for the other ones, um, like I did a Sherlock one, I think, I think Finger Exercises was part of Sprinkling they were big fandoms and there was a lot to choose from, but mm -hmm. there was very, very little Inception RPF at that point. And I think people just were like, oh, something new and exciting. And then they couldn't actually read it straight away. But it was really fun. So I did it kind of paced because there was quite a few different stories that I was reading. So we kind of did it a bit at a time. And I had varying levels of kind of input into the actual stories. But what I also asked people to do if they wanted to was to write a little bit about how they thought differently about yeah, I wanted to ask that. Did you notice much difference in products that you did for Spring Fling versus, say, a fic that you would have just picked up and read and decided to pod fic? I think so. And definitely for the early pod together ones I did, there was definitely um, a difference with that. I think Clue, Queen Clue, said that what she had done with writing People Around You Smiling Out Loud, which is the Inception RPF one, was to not be as kind of consistent with the dialogue tags like she left me a lot of room to interpret how I wanted the dialogue to be said mm. and she said if she hadn't have been doing it for that then she would have been a bit more kind of like you know said crossly or angrily or whatever yeah and for me for that one as well for whatever reason I haven't tended to record in fandoms that are British or English so having a character in that one who is English Tom Hardy it was really quite refreshing and very different to have the rhythms of English speech, which are very different yeah. to Canadian speech or American speech and those are the fans that I tend to work in. And Queen Clue isn't English. She's American, but she at that point was living in Britain. And so she had those kind of rhythms down. She has a, a really great ear for dialogue. And so that came through. And that was actually quite a different experience in performing that because there was that leeway. And then the Sherlock one, almost certain finger exercises for sprinkling. This is a long time ago. Um, the author There's there, one called Continuity that was that was a Sherlock one that was in so, there by yeah. Lavian. So I did I did finger finger exercises as well by the same author, um, which mm. is another Sherlock thing. But the Continuity one, she had specifically written it in a very sort of atmospheric style because we talked about it doing a very sort of storytelling approach. So it did, there was a difference between how those were written. And it was really interesting to see how people had thought about that when they were creating mm -hmm. their pieces. And that actually fed over into almost all the pod together things I've done. I've done pod together for a number of years now. But you also asked about the Steinway verse one that I did. Yeah, your first pod together really stood out to me. One of the ones from that first year that really took that idea of partnership and ran with it. And we had only arranged for Podfigure author partnerships. So you had gone out of your way to bring Xanakis onto the project to do her parts. And I remember KLB and I being really pleased to see a project 
taking that idea of collaboration and just going with it. So, okay. For the first put together, we had the option to just sign up and be matched or to sign up as pairs. And both of the ones that I did in that first one and in all the ones subsequently, I've signed up already as a group because for me, it's more of an ongoing collaborative mm-hmm. creative partnership. So Zenikis and I had worked together on the first story in the Steinway verse, which is Achtes Knaben Algen um, by Timuch Plor. And we started working together because I'd just been talking to her anyway and said that I'm going to be recording this story, which has kind of the background of in a music school. And Arthur is a pianist and Eames is um, a singer and they partnered together for Eames's kind of big performance. Uh-huh. And she said, oh, it would be great to put all the music in because Plor has a musical background, Zenikis has a musical background, I have a musical background. Yeah. And she said, oh, it'd be great to put the music in. I'm like, oh, it would, but I just, I don't really think I have the expertise to do that. And she's like, would you want me to try it? And she'd never done anything like that before. And she spliced all the classical music in. She did everything. So she's down credited as the musical editor mm-hmm. for that piece. And it wouldn't be the same piece without her. So we knew that when Pod Together came around, we wanted to create something specifically in that universe. And Zenikis, as well as being an excellent music editor, is also a wonderful artist. And so we took the art idea, the way that it was structured, is from the Madeleine children's books, which is a series oh, of love children's them. picture books um, that are French. And so we went with that as the idea and then Plor wrote it in that very sort of specific children's book way. In her author's notes, there's something Eames is as self-centred as any children's book character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a piece that I think you have to listen to. So that put together one is which is the story of Happy Ever After. It's the, the last piece in the Steinway verse and it's them married. And if you don't listen to it, I think that you're not really getting everything out of it. Not, And I'm not just saying that because it's my voice. I mean, sure. my voice is incidental, really. But it was structured to be a piece that went together with the art, that went together with the functionality of the AO3, which means you can turn chapters. Mm-hmm. So if anyone had those kind of books and cassette tapes, um, uh-huh. sets and yep. little and it pinged and you turn the page, that's what we wanted to do. So the story is structured so that you have page turns kind of little breaks in scene or mood it's structured around specific pieces of art that Zenica created and then the voice pulls it together with actually a very obvious narrated style that is very different that kind of frames around that Mm -hmm. so you download the mp3 of the podfic and then you line it up with the kind of the beginning and then every time it pings you hit next chapter and AO3 turns the page and you listen to the next page um, and it is something that I'm really proud of I'm really proud to have been a part of that kind of creative discussion mm-hmm. it's a wonderful story Plaus a wonderful author and Zenikis is, is an amazing artist and together I just think it comes really really nicely and it's just a really interesting experiment with the form I think yeah. And I love that about Pod Together in general. I mean, I think we're seeing that more and more that people are creating things where where it really is a joint situation. And there's nothing wrong with the people where something's written and then a podfic is made. But it's so cool to see all these interactive things happening as well, where, like you say, just reading it isn't enough. You know, like you have to experience them together because it really adds an extra layer to it. Speaking of that, like another Pod Together that you did with J.J. Taylor, you did like zombie dweez keeping like his voice recordings yeah like a voice diary we've got the bandom trifecta right here so (laughs) So (laughs) that is part of the gerard way's vampire detectives verse which i've done 
almost all of. I didn't do the first one. Occasionally, inadvertently get credit for the first one. I think I sound quite similar to Feiji, but I didn't do the first one. So that one, the one that Padako is talking about, is called Sound Experiments in Transmutation. And that, again, came out of discussions that JJ and I have. I kind of feel very, not proprietary because it's JJ's universe, but I feel like I have a little part of me very solidly in that whole verse because I've done so much of it and because a lot of the later ones have come out of collaborations like Pod Together. Mm -hmm. So for that one, I was talking to JJ and said that I was really interested in doing something around kind of found sound footage and around kind of different sounds that you might hear around the Way Mansion. And she, from a story point of view, needed a way to transition into the big, scary event that happens at the end of the story, which I don't want to spoil, but a, a thing happens. And so she also wanted a way of, in-universe, the characters having a way to realise that has happened when, by the nature of the thing that happens, it changes their experience of the universe that they're living in. And so um, JJ came up with the idea of a zombie podcast because, you know, I I ask her a lot of questions about what the universe is like. So what, you know, do they have newspapers? Do they have TV stations? Do they have radio stations? It's like, well, they have podcasts. And so the zombie Deweez is, is trying to make a podcast and he goes around the way mansion and then you get all these sound effects. And that was really fascinating because that has no dialogue tags. It has no narration. All it mm -hmm. has is voice. So all it has is these characters interacting and then it's up to the actor, up to me, to distinguish between the different characters, to distinguish different tones, different kind of feelings and settings. And that's done partly through my slightly amateurish sound effects. Um, the scary thing that happens at the end is me dropping piles of baking equipment onto my <laughs> slate floor because I couldn't think about how to make another noise. So it's me kind of flinging cookie sheets and things. <laughs> See, um, I'm, whenever I'm trying to put sound effects in, it's never me like being like, oh, I should just make it myself. I'm always like, Google. let's scour the internet. <laughs> and it's so interesting to see like people on both ends of that scale. Like in last episode, Dodie was talking about how she like went searching for like a heavy breathing sound effect and then she was like or i could just breathe into the mic <laughs> i didn't know how to create like the sound of piles of case files falling down and how to search for that so i just like throwing things yeah, yeah i mean i think that's like the old radio play things you know yeah. like where they have like the sheets for the thunder and they're like slamming a door that's on a frame or whatever you know i'm just a frustrated really artist i think yeah <laughs> So there's that one. And then the one that we did last year, which was the tower in the arena, which is much more of a sort of oral storytelling style. So th those two kind of in universe happen in parallel. They're happening at the same time. They're just happening to different people. So I'd spoken more about what can we do for this one? And she's like, well, we'll do it in this universe because that's kind of just been become sort of our thing to do for pod together. Yeah. And she's like, well, what, what are you thinking? And I'm like, well, actually, you make this throwaway reference in The Mystery of the Dancing Flowers, which is the second long one. Long one and it says something like, for further stories of, you know, well-maintenance, see the story of Neen Rain in The Young Midnighter's Guide to Responsible Rituals. And I'm like, well, what is the story of Neen Rain? And so she had to go away and write it. <laughs> Um, and so that has much more of a sort of a fairy story approach that sort of interleaves Pete reading aloud this quite creepy story with 
other very, very creepy things happening around that. So I did that one last year and then I got, I think it's probably the best compliment I've ever had from a creator because I don't, I kind of default now to knowing the people who write what I record because I very rarely record things that don't have blanket permission. I just, for whatever reason, yeah. I don't. Um, I think a lot so of things are going that way. Yeah, I mostly know the people. And while it's nice to know them, I don't necessarily think they have to listen to them or anything. Yeah. So I recorded this last one and then I got an email from JJ saying, I was listening and I got to the end and I'm like, no, what happens next? <laughs> and then I realised that I had to write that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what happens next. That's on you. But that was great because she had, for whatever reason, sort of forgotten or when I was listening to it and was brought very much into, into this world. And again, that came out of a lot of conversations we'd had about the structure of it and how we wanted it again to, yes, it does, it does stand alone possibly more than the Dewey's one as a written piece, but it wasn't conceived as a written piece. And so by structuring it around sort of like fairy tales and sort of oral tradition like that, having someone read it, I think, gets you more into the story mm -hmm. than just reading it to yourself. Very um, cool. Yeah, so that's, that's those two. And then I've done lots of pod together ones. The Merlin one that I did the first year with Aethelant was very fun. And she had said before we were doing Pod Together, was it, did I do Pod Together? Was it a Merlin one for Pod Together or was it Spring Fling? I did a Merlin one with Aethelant that she said she had started to write hearing it in my voice. Oh, wow. It was like, ah, we can do it together. So that was quite fun because that was someone who knows kind of the, the pace and the cadence that I have when I speak. So it was then a very nice way of actually reading it because it was written to be easy for me to read, I suppose. I think it's interesting pod together thing that like you're saying working with people you know or in a situation like that where somebody wrote it for you but on the other side of the spectrum you have this you know unexpected groupings where you just get paired with somebody and maybe something cool and interesting comes out of a new partnership as well so I think it's nice that the challenge offers both options. Yeah absolutely yeah. it's not one that I have ever done although I did do kind of emergency backup pod together mm -hmm. um, for the one that's just launched I did one of the voices in Hannah Nibira's Hockey RPF1. I listened to that. I am least convincing Canadian bro, I think. I love it. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's part of why I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Which is weird, I know. <laughs> it's very incongruous. Oh, man. I do think it's so cool when there are those ones that people can match up and be like, I'm hearing this in your voice or whatever. Like, I know Bessie Boo is very good at hitting up her friends. And, mm -hmm. and Bessie Boo has a very distinct voice. Mm -hmm. She is a bro, right? Yeah. Both her presence online and her actual podfic voice. And so she's always managed to get that really good partnership of someone who knows her. Mm -hmm. And she gets some really amazing projects out of it. Whereas, like, I always play the roulette wheel whenever I do Same. Play. No, not yeah. always. But I've almost always been, like, random matchups. So I don't have any expectation of that. And I, I don't, I can't imagine, like, what even my voice would be. Maybe I'm too close to it. So I can't imagine someone else trying to write something specifically for me. No, that's how I feel, too. I'm like, I don't know how you would write to my voice. But but I, I always think it's, I think it's interesting. Like I love pod together for that. Like, you know, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you just kind of do it, but it's really cool when you have somebody who you just kind of click with 
I did it one year with sketching birds. And I think like, we didn't know each other at all at that point. And now we like know each other, we've met each other, we, you know, whatever. But at the time, not only did we not know each other, but also like, it was before I was in 1D fandom, and she really wanted to do 1D. And like, somehow, we got paired on that and something else. And she was like, I know you're not in this, but could we do this? And I was like, <laughs> why not <laughs> you know and actually <laughs> it was a really cool project and we had fun you know like in a way that i wouldn't have if you had said yeah this person and this fandom i wouldn't have thought anything of it you know so i think yeah, that can I be really good really cool. i ended up doing this pod together one just because hannah and Mira needed someone to do a voice yeah so i'm like, oh, I like, I like it's not very much i can do it and it was actually quite fun because i am doing a hockey rpf topic at the moment but it's one hundred and sixty thousand words <laughs> Well, I'm doing this as a, a work in progress, which I don't normally do, but just the thought of having to do all that. Yeah. It was nice to do something that was short and it was... Less pressure, yeah. It was less pressure and it was nice just to kind of be part of what's together, which I... It came at a really difficult time for me this year. I was mm-hmm. moving house and as I say, my normal collaborative partner, JJ, was... Well, she's had, had her little one now, but she was pregnant at the time and so it wasn't a really great time for either of us. Uh, so it wasn't a great time for either of us. Although I think we would have liked to made it happen if we could have. I mean, I did the same this year. I was like, oh, I'm sad not to do it. And then I guess in the end, it, a pinch hit worked really well for me because I was like, yeah, I can throw four days at this. But the collaborative aspect, I wouldn't have had time for because just life at the moment is a little bit insane. Yeah. I was going to ask, when you did the, for Hannah Nobira, did you just send her like just a big file that had sentence after sentence or? Yeah. So um, she sent me the fic to read through and it's really good, actually. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a good fic. I I just listened to that, actually. Light gets in, I think. Yeah, like it's in. Mm-hmm. And then I just I just did, because it's just dialogue, so I just kind of like read the dialogue through and, and sent it through. And that she yeah. sent, I just left kind of gaps either side that she could take out and plug it in. And I didn't need, I need to re- re-record anything or anything. I think it, it matched up quite cleanly. So it was actually a really quick job. I think it was probably less than 15 minutes or so. Yeah. And then she had uh, CM Shah doing the other voice as well. Yeah. That is one thing that I love about the PodFit community where people will be like, so I'm doing this project and I need like two other voices. And then you just get people volunteering on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Great. We're very tight knit. I can't edit at the moment. I've got a new laptop and something about the setup sparks my um, repetitive strain injury. So I can't Mm. do any editing. I need to find a way to do it. So actually someone else is editing the giant PodFit I'm doing. Wow. So lovely. That's another kind of collaboration. Yeah, that's that true. Yeah. Is, and I think that one, of all the kinds of collaborations that I've done, having someone else edit my podfic was like the biggest trust fall for me. Where it was just like, okay, like I felt like a helicopter mom on like the first day of kindergarten <laughs> being like, but my baby, <laughs> I should do this and do that. <laughs> Everyone knows who's listened to this podcast how anal I am (laughs) about my editing and my breathing and all of that. So, like, having that in someone else's hands, well, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, my God, I could get so much more podfic done this way. But on the other hand, it was really stressful for me. I find having people edit, like, when it's not my month to edit the podcast, I find that really, like, I don't want to be editing all the time because that's the biggest job, right? That you also have to do the posting and whatever. But on the other hand, it's just like, what if I said something really dumb and I can't cut it out because somebody else is is in charge of the editing this month? Whereas, like, 
podfic i feel less stress about because it's like a script so at most they should be editing out mistakes and obviously i don't have the breath issue that you <laughs> are fixated on so they so there's not as much of that but breathing and then also pacing I- yeah oh i know well I, i'm more this like is- a free-range parent i'm just like because Julie is editing it for me so i'm just like yeah you know me we've known each other for years you know i click where there's a mistake go to it yeah and I've never disagreed with any edits that she's done. So it's great. I'm just like, sure. I'm packing my child up with like a lunchbox <laughs> and like a quarter to call home and just sending them out into the big wild world. <laughs> so the collaborative collaborations that I've done, I mean, I love all my projects. I wouldn't make them if I didn't, but mm-hmm. they do stand out because it's a different kind of relationship and it's a different kind of sort of like fanish experience. It's very much... It's, um, a, it's a different level of involvement, too. Like, yeah. you always put a certain amount of yourself in because your your voice is in it. But getting that kind of creative input is another level. So, like, for the first Steinway one, so the one that's ended the music on, it's not the same story without the music. There is a non-music yeah. version, which we did just in case people really hated music. I'm like, why would you listen to that? Unless you really have a sound sensitivity issue, but the levels are pretty good. You're not getting the story if you're not listening to that because she just did such amazing things with it. And things that I would not have thought to do or to put in or take out from that. So it was a transformation of the story for me, even though I'd spent so much time reading it. So Very cool. Great. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Penny. Thank you. And we look forward to talking to you again in the future at some point. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So we talked to Penny a lot about Pod Together, but another great collaboration challenge that's out there is Podfic Big Bang. And I'm not sure if they're still doing it as much in current rounds, but certainly for their early rounds, they were following a lot more of the traditional Big Bang process where if you did your main thing, which in this case was Podfic, you had an artist assigned to you and that artist could make a cover art or they could like put music and sound effects in. And there were some cool projects that came out of that where people did sound effects or, or I was looking through their archive and there was like somewhere people did original music or original recordings of music joking did that for a couple specifically the one that i was looking at was leave the signs and sirens by pod lizzie i think that's really cool that you could go and get someone to make music for your podfic not even just like insert it yeah but just actually create something the thing about podfic big bang is that even though in most cases they're work i mean well in all cases really they're working on an already existing fic they treat the podfic as the major work of that challenge and so Mm -hmm. like a normal big bang you then get all these other things you know assigned to you or joined up to you or whatever and and that does create a whole different side to it that you don't see very often with podfic challenges so it's nice where like the podfic actually is meant to be the thing inspiring you know these artists yeah. or musicians or whatever yeah we're so used to podfic being the secondary work yeah that it's nice to see it being treated as the primary work and seeing works made around that or enhanced by that because right. certainly having like the music added and i was talking about that last month where i was like i would love for someone to come and put like soundtracks on my podfix because i'm shit at choosing music yeah <laughs> 
that's that's a cool thing that that com was doing talking about sound effects and this one was not i'm pretty sure it was the pod figure that added the sound effects but um the this is a pod together project called carry me home by mefic written by fusako uh-huh because they had that collaboration going the author worked in a lot of room for sound effects and there's so many sound effects it's almost hitting like radio play levels where it's a stargate atlantis one and like ronan wakes up and he's like been injured somehow and he has his he can't see anything so there's a lot of like describing sounds Uh and he's like there's bugs chittering around and he's listening to people's heartbeats and there's a lot of really neat sound effects worked into it because of that and like the way the author wrote it and the way the pod figure put it together he's also got some like heightened senses so he's hearing everything and it's like very descriptive about the sounds and then the pod figure actually put those sounds in Mm -hmm. as she was like reading the descriptive line so it's there as like a background one so I thought that was kind of a cool collaboration of like what you can really do when an author is specifically writing something with pod in mind Mm -hmm. gosh yeah I'm really curious as to um, how much they talked about the sound effects, you know, the author and the pod figure, like, did they, you know, did they come up with that together being as it was such an important part of the fic? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to assume they did because it's a pod together. Because it's pod together, right. It's, yeah. Yeah. It makes my modly heart happy to think that people <laughs> were collaborating. Sure. Shh, don't tell me if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just say yes, always. On the idea of like pod fic as the primary work, sometimes to an even bigger degree. And we did discuss this slightly with Penny, but this idea where there are some people just posting the pod fic first and, and saying, I mean, they're not even necessarily saying the fic will be up in a month. Like sometimes it's a situation where they're like, this is an audio work. We meant this as an audio work. And, you know, we haven't even really cleaned up the text. Like that doesn't exist in in that way. So that's kind of the, the other side of that spectrum. Some of the things as a mod that I've seen come out of that com are really cool. Like I like like the idea of people just leaving some of the dialogue tags off, like Penny had said Mm -hmm. in her one example, where instead of like he said angrily, he screeched loudly. Like you just, the pod figure gets to bring that to it. Even the very first year when I was just talking back and forth with like the first author I worked at, I think it's one of the first things you notice is that when you're reading that, it's be even more comfortable with the idea of you just letting it come out in your voice. So if you're saying it angrily, there's no need for you to say Peggy said it angrily, you know, Um, they should be able to get that from your performance. And obviously normally if you're working with a a fixed text, it's, it's difficult to do that. I mean, you might be able to ask the author a couple things, but you don't want to push it in that way. Whereas with pod together, that kind of interaction is encouraged you know i mean the fic and the pod fic are meant to be a living changing work at the same time you know of creation so it's cool i really like the idea of the ones where like you still are posting the text but it's different than what the audio version is so like you might have he said angrily in the text Mm -hmm. but it's just he said in the pod pod fic yeah yeah they're saying it angrily, so it's redundant to put that in. Yeah, and so in these two different types of media, it comes out a little bit differently, but the end result should be the same. You realize the person is angry, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's happened. It might have. 
I mean, I think it probably happens a lot and it, you just don't know. Cause I think it was Samantha Her that I worked with the first year and, and I've asked other people since when I did pod together, just because we did it, like she suggested it. She was like, well, why don't you just any of those you want, just leave off and I'll leave them in the text. And then, you know, that way both will be because she didn't want to cut them out in the text itself, which made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I think probably that kind of stuff happens a lot, but you just, it's, it's a lot less visible than some of the more obvious changes and, you know, creative things that are happening. So if you had many collabs that you've done outside of Pod Together, of any sort of collabs? Me, not really. I mean, I did Theatropod, which I suppose we we talked about a lot when we talked about Pod Fricker collaborations, but I guess technically they give you a director and you have you, the author is involved to some degree. So there is, there's a little Having bit there. Having a director does, that's a whole other level. Yeah, it was really interesting because they, I mean, it was treated as, a, you know, a theatrical work. Like I felt like I was going, you know, we had like Skype um, rehearsals and we got notes, you know, in the same way that you would if you were just in a play. So it very much felt like a similar process, which is kind of cool. One collab that I did, actually, <laughs> it was for that first time I did Three Day Novel Podfic. Oh, yeah. Okay. I kind of was talking about what I was doing. And Bessie Boo made me cover art for it while I was still recording it, still working on it. Like, she is amazing at cover art. And this is one where, like, she's actually on the picture of it because it was about, like, (laughs) Adam Lambert's, like, bitchy PA person. And so she was, like, the one glaring at the camera with, like, magazine covers behind her and stuff like that. And it's amazing. Like, I had it as my wallpaper on my laptop for, like, two years because I loved it so much oh, that's and funny. having that art done for my podfic was so inspiring for me a lot of the times when people have made me cover art it's generally after I've posted it so I love it like don't get me wrong I love the the cover art that people have made me but it didn't quite inspire me like the way it did when Bessie did it because I was still working on it and yeah. it affected my final results so that was really cool yeah, um, I actually, I did a Band and Big Bang, one of the the first year that they allowed, that they did Podfic as, where they tried to work it in a primary work kind of way. And we got a mixer assigned, like, you know, you got chosen by either a mixer or an artist, and I got chosen by a mixer. I thought that was really cool because they sent across like music as it was being chosen or or whatever. And then you did end up with a final mix that kind of went with it. And I was trying to like the music I used in the podfic, like I used part from the mix or whatever. So although it, the way they had it set up, you didn't have to interact in that way, but you could if you wanted to, which is cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Bandom also had a reverse Bandom Big Bang. They weren't like traditional pod fix but you could do like little scenes and people wrote fic off of that oh yeah i do remember that yeah i wasn't in bandom at the time so i was aware that it was happening because i had my fingers in all the pies but i didn't participate in it myself but that was kind of cool where people could do like short little scenes and then have someone write. You know what? I think I did do that. And I think I haven't <laughs> posted it. God, I'm terrible. Like, I remember that now. <laughs> You're so bad at posting. I am. Nothing I ever do, like, reaches the internet. I'm sorry, guys. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I do remember that bandum thing. And I think I may have, have done something for it because it was like there were small vocal scenes and they were meant to kind of inspire a larger, you know. Night Tracer ended up doing one of those little voice recordings and then someone wrote a fic off of it and then she podficked it and she did like her little recording that had inspired the fic that was like the intro to the podfic and then there was like the rest of it podfic so that was I remember that being a nice little circle you had to write a short scene that was very vague and record it it was just like you know a minute or something and then they put those open scenes up authors could choose them and then they wrote a story based on that and then you could turn around and record it afterwards if you wanted to, which is what Nice Tracer did. But I remember the difficulty for me with that was that it's not that I'm not a writer, because obviously I am, but not usually a fic writer. And I wasn't sure. I ended up writing an open scene that, I mean, it was supposed to be so vague that anybody, it could match anything. But there was a certain pressure of like, is what I'm putting out there like fic? Like, does it, is it going to match something fic wise? So I wasn't worried about the vocal performance. I was worried about the writing bit just because I wasn't sure what they wanted. That's one of the danger, not dangers. One of the hard parts of doing pod fic first, if you're not a writer or whatever, like, cause I know I'm not a writer. So the idea of like having to write something to then record is terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it worked out fine and there because it just had to be a small thing. But I, I saw the challenge there in, in trying to make the podficker be the one who was inspiring the work. It's very difficult because then you, you need words for the podficker to say. So mm-hmm. that was a kind of... Well, you could possibly do like sound effects. Yeah, yeah. Mostly I'm thinking of a PWP inspiration, though. <laughs> it's like a porn soundtrack. <laughs> my gosh well yes that is something you could do (laughs) oh goodness that might have been like an interesting take on that have someone like working at a phone sex line yeah yeah you could have just recorded heavy breathing and and kind of stuff and then somebody could be like i will write you know something that needs to I think it's an interesting, it was an interesting experiment. I think they only did it that one year. So, you know what, Band and Big Bang, to their credit, as opposed to some of their Big Bangs, have been really, I mean, and part of this is because Night Tracer was a mod for a while and, you know, other people have been engaged, you know, but they have tried to put pod figures in, in various ways, some of which worked better than others. But I give them credit for that, you know, because I've participated several times in varying ways and it's always been fun. I will say, though, the last time... Bandom Reverse Big Bang ran was the year that they did vocal performances. So it's not like they <laughs> dropped you... it. Oh, okay. <laughs> or they didn't drop specifically the vocal performances. They dropped everything. I thought you were trying to say that we th- we sunk the ship. Like, I will say that the last year you did it was when you guys did that. Like, thanks. <laughs> okay, so going to a different topic. So we talked a little with Penny about music collabs. And I know we talked about it a bit last month, too. Sure. But one of the things that hasn't been covered as much, and I haven't seen it happen that often, and I kind of wish it would happen more, is filk collabs, where you just insert filk into the podfic. And 
it would be nice if it could be done in tandem. Like I know Faye Jay did a bunch of wizard rock in Old Country, the Harry Potter supernatural crossover oh, the yeah. project that she did. Mm-hmm. And there was like wizard rock at the beginning and end of the chapters. There was one in our first year, I believe, of Pod Together, where the author wrote Filk into the story. It was a supernatural story, kind of around the time when Dean was in hell. It's called Tales of Hell, and the summary for it is Hell Has Stories Too. So it kind of fits into that oral storytelling history, Mm -hmm. but... One of the sections is like a bunch of different hell songs about the Winchesters. (laughs) I didn't know there was supernatural folk. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised, but. There's like a bunch of little short ones here. Like Uh one of them set to like a Lady Gaga song. The rest of them are set to like Pop Goes the Weasel and like other nursery rhyme type things. Sure. Yeah, I was listening to that today. I'm not very good at singing on mic, but I love that that exists and that people can incorporate that. That's kind of been my wish for Pod Together is that one year we will get someone signing up where you've got like a filker, a pod figure and an author all working together. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know any filkers personally. So I like that's, that's a harder thing because obviously there's less people out there who do it. I mean, you'd almost, you, what you need is for somebody to reach out to somebody outside of the podfit community and say, Hey, you do this cool thing. We do this cool thing. You know, do you think that this could be included because I'm assuming what sits there right now is probably people using pre-existing tracks that are, you know, professional tracks, but they're sitting in that level, you know, where they actually do already exist. Yeah. That's certainly what Feijay's was Mm -hmm. with the uh, Tales of Hell one. It was like the pod figure just started singing. Oh, wow. Okay. I see. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to that. That's really cool. Yeah. And unfortunately I can't sing. So but maybe Penny, <laughs> maybe Penny would be good for this. I mean, she has a good voice. Or if you get someone who like reads and re- like writes and records their own Filk, uh huh, you could go and and work that in. Like Filk's out there. I just yeah, definitely. Don't have any Filkers? But, like you see it on Tumblr. Like that's one of the things that Tumblr is really good for is bringing all the multimedia aspects together. Yeah. Another collaboration that we talked about a little bit earlier was just in general editing and I guess going hand in hand with that baiting as well. Like the idea of, you know, doing something and then handing it over to somebody else to either just straight edit it or maybe even add in things like, you know, not just music, but maybe sound effects or, you know, if you don't feel confident with sound effects, maybe there's somebody else who, you know, does that a lot and would be able to pick up you know your recorded podfic and, and put those things in. Yeah, I've seen that happen a little. That was one of the things that happened with Podfic Big Bang, too. Like, it wasn't just music that was added. It could have been sound effects as well. And I think that can be a cool way to, like, if you're not comfortable with it, Mm -hmm. seeing someone else do it can make it a little bit more comfortable for you to try on your own in the future. Sure. I hadn't really thought about the beta relationship because I don't normally get my pod fix baited. And as I've been discovering since Sapphire Scribe recently asked me to beta something of hers, uh-huh. I'm really shitty at baiting pod <laughs> Having like a good beta and depending on your relationship with your beta. Like I know Lunchy has said multiple times that she's a rather intense beta. She'll She'll get kind of nitpicky about everything. And that can be a really intense relationship or collaboration for a pod fic. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's similar to 
um, when you're getting a beta for, for writing, I think you need to be really clear up front about what you're asking for. So if you're the kind of person mm-hmm. that doesn't re-record, then you need to tell them that so that they're not like the performance of this line could be stronger or better or whatever. If you just want them to pick up sounds in the background, places where you left doubles in, you know, whatever, like simple things, then you should let them know because you don't want them to waste their time, you know, picking out a whole bunch of things so that you're that's just then going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to fix that. I've baited for people a couple times and I've had like at least once a greedy dancer baited for me and I, I thought it was really helpful, but it was more of just like I was sitting in a place of extreme stress and she kind of stepped in and said, look, like I could help you out here. You know, you need to chill um, <laughs> basically. So, you know, I just like deadline wise, I was, I was worried. And so that sped the whole process up, but I do think it can be really useful. And sometimes if you are looking for a performance or, you know, a deeper beta, people, somebody else listening to it can catch things that, in the same way with writing, can catch things that you never would have seen because you're too yeah. close to the work. That's what sometimes I want that the most from a beta, where someone will sit down and be like, look, you said this sentence this way, but it kind of loses its meaning when you say it that way. Yeah. It was meant to be said this way. Because there's been a couple of times where like, because I do listen to my own podfix, not as much these days, but yeah, um, I will listen to them again. And then sometimes like two years later, I'll be like, oh, God damn, that's what that was supposed to say. <laughs> and I just like, I said the words, but the emphasis was wrong or I didn't understand the line properly. And then it came out wrong. And, you know, it takes me forever to discover it because I didn't understand what the sentence said or was trying to say when I read it the first time, I didn't catch it later. So I've, I've always kind of liked the idea of having a director type beta where someone can be, and I've enjoyed that too, when I've been collabing with other pod live where they're like, we're recording in the same room uh-huh. where they can be like, wait a minute. That's on how you pronounce that word or wait, I think he meant this emotion, not what you just did. So I, I've always kind of wanted that level of, beta but I don't really know where to find that and I'm sometimes a little worried of like but can I actually handle that because I hate re-recording yeah exactly I mean that's my main but I think I mean we were talking about theatropod earlier and I think that that kind of thing is what it's almost a direction thing rather than just a straight beta right like it's it's um you know actually looking at your performance versus the product you're putting out I guess it all creates the end product but it's two different I think kind of the difference between a director and like how I'm defining director and beta in my head is a director's there with you live, whereas a beta is doing it after the fact. Yeah, no, which makes sense to me. But if it's going to, there's a difference to me in like giving advice that means re-records, which is more of a performance basis, like I didn't get the feeling enough in this, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, because then you are kind of there even though you're not there while the person is recording, you are there as a part of the recording process because you're changing the recording. And then there's a second level layer where you're just saying in the editing project that I just listened to, these pieces could be edited differently. Yeah. You know, although, I mean, I don't know. I still, what do you think of like how a beta works with writing? You do get like the betas that are just there for like spag. Yeah. They're like, Oh, yeah. you didn't spell that correctly or whatever. But then you also get the other ones that are like deeply involved with like the narrative arc here is needs to be changed. The emotional output or like this plot needs this. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of that level. Yeah. And I think you just need to know 
what it is you want from them. That's all. Yeah. I pretty much always assume that when someone comes to me for a beta, which is not very often, because like I said, I've discovered I'm pretty bad at it. <laughs> it's like repeated lines. Spag, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's the spag level. I don't, I hate re-records, so I will do as much as I can to avoid telling someone else to re-record. It has to be like, wow, that word is not distinguishable. You pronounced it really wrong. We need <laughs> and to, I don't um... even think I've ever done that just in a proper beta. Sometimes I've thought that when I've listened to Podfix, but... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I notice things when I listen to Podfix all the time, but the community yeah. is not really set up in a way that you can be like, did you realize there's three repeated lines here? I, we need a Podfix or shorthand for spag, only like our version of it. Yeah, we do. I don't know what it would be. Yeah, because it's pacing, pacing, repeated lines. What else? Per what? <laughs> we should come up with a short word and then like pr- aside. Prawl. Um. <laughs> Background noise. Prob. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, prab. Pacing, repetition, and background noise. Prab. Prab. That could work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go world you can use it <laughs> so do we want to move on to rex yeah i think so i think we've, we've gone sufficiently off topic and <laughs> could bring it back with a wreck okay i've got two wrecks from this recent pod together um that came out at the end of august and i haven't even gotten through most of pod together like there's so many that i want to listen to um so this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg but there are two that i have gotten to already and really liked so um the first is sweet sweet love which is read by cm shaw hannah nobira and penny play knits and it's written by light gets in and we actually mentioned this really briefly when we were talking to penny earlier when i when i put this as a wreck i didn't even know we were interviewing her so um but it's it's really great. The story is hilarious and really sweet and also like very hot. And the podfic is exactly that as well. Like I know she was laughing about her being a bro or whatever, but actually really enjoyed her kind of hockey guy voice. And Hannah Nibira is as always really solid and really like just fluid and amazing. Um, I like anything where people bring in different voices. Like I'm always, I'm really into um combinations where they you know where they edit in for speech or whatever um and so she's got cm shaw does some of the smaller parts all the way through hannah nobira does the main text um jamie ben and then penny plane that's does tyler seguin i believe is how you say that seguin oh I, i'm not pronouncing it correctly either but that how you said it isn't correct <laughs> anyway this is hockey rpf and we all know that i know nothing about hockey or the people in it yeah, so I mean, you know, I I don't really know the guys. I never do, but um, it's it's just a it's a really fun fic. It's a really fun pod fic. Um, enjoyable in both forms. So go check that out. Um, the second one, also from Pod Together, is Lady Grey and Apple Pie, and it is caught my eye because it's an audio only one. Um, it's done by Night Tracer and Ria three one four, both old favorites. Um. And it is an Agent Carter slash MCU fic that is the primary pairing is Peggy Carter and Angie Martinelli. And then it has um, Bucky, Steve, Sam kind of starting um, in it as well. And it's just a really sweet, it's a coffee shop AU, which I am totally there for always. And it's just a, it's just really sweet. 
so Night Tracer does Peggy's voice. So they, they have very much typecast their voices here, which which works for me. But Night Tracer does Peggy's voice, which is like kind of, you know, the uptight proper British one. And then Ange, Angie Martinelli is done by Rhea. And she she just infuses her with that exact same kind of slightly sarcastic, but lovely, like, like she gets her tone. She gets Angie's tone so well. Like, it's just perfect. And again, like the one before, it's multiple voices, which I love. And you have to listen to it because it's not there. I don't think they're planning on releasing the text. It just says that they haven't cleaned it up or whatever. So, so yeah, that one's great as well. So my first track is Create Detonate by Rena Jenkins by a story written by PPR Faith. Mm-hmm. And it is a girl Tony Bucky fic. And it is really cool. It's like a retelling of some of the universe with obviously Roll 63 going on, but also girl Tony, who's Natasha Stark in this. Natasha discovers after after the whole thing with Stain after Iron Man 1, when Stain gets killed, she's going through like Stain's stuff to try and find out what he did and what he was wrapped up in. And Stain was part of Hydra. And the Winter Soldier was actually being housed in one of his like warehouses. So Natasha Stark finds Frozen Winter Soldier and wakes him up much earlier. And it's a retelling of like kind of what happens in that universe, or not so much a retelling, but like, so it goes on from like them joining on really early in that continuity and like what happens after that. Mm -hmm. And it's a really fun, it's really long, which is why it immediately won my heart. And I recommend that you listen to it. Rena, as always, does an amazing job. I, I can't even, I don't even know what to say about Rena. She's just always <laughs> such a good reader. Yeah. <laughs> and my last one was a really cool project by Firefox, KLB, Paraxis, and Rena again, um, called Lost History, Captain America Edition. And it is a podfic done based on the History Channel show Lost History. And it's kind of, well, it kind of comes off as a podcast because there's no video attached to it. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool, like the sound effects in it, like the background noise, not noise, but like it's done like the TV show. So it's got like dramatic music playing while they're talking and it's got interviews and they they during the interviews they're putting on different voices and they've got like sound effects to be like oh this is a call to a computer oh this is like a skype call and stuff like that um so the effects of it are really cool and kind of how it reflects on the world where they're talking about various artifacts that have gone missing and what historical significant those significance those artifacts have in as related to Captain America and his story. So it's a really cool project. So I suggest you check it out. Cool. Thank you. And that's our show. Um, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next month. So that's goodbye from me. And from me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>